Hello, I'm Jeremy Eden. I am Dan Eden. And I'm Neil Fisher. And this is 90 Under 90. 90 movies. Under 90 minutes. Dan has such a that that, that ninety movies is always so specific. I like ninety movies. I, I try to. It used to be I would try to switch it up, but I guess I've fallen into that kind of like. No, I'm I'm not hey. saying it. <laughs> how you do it. <laughs> Uh, okay, today on our show, clocking in at 85 minutes, we're talking about 1996's Bulletproof, directed by Ernest Dickerson. Boom, boom, bam. Boom, boom. What's that? Bam. It's Bulletproof. Oh. Boom, bam. Make it and sound so effeminate. I know. I guess I'm doing that for a reason. Oh. Do you guys, did you read any reviews about this movie? I did read a couple, actually. <laughs> did you uh, read one, the one I'm thinking of from the Los Angeles Times? I did. That was actually the exact the exact one that I read, yes. They I did not. Be, maybe look at this movie a whole different way. Um, Neil, why don't you... Uh, I have it in front of me. I can read an excerpt here. Um, okay. The headline is, Action Film Bulletproof is Romance Riddled with Holes. And this is a second paragraph. What we have in Bulletproof, an action thriller starring Adam Sandler and Damon Wayans as star-crossed pals on the run, is more of a romance with all the attendant anxieties, desire, betrayal, bitterness, broken hearts, but in the end, a love that's here to stay. Yes, there's excruciatingly bad acting, ventilated bodies, rampant misogyny, a fixation on the scatological, derisive gay references, and the mandatory strip club scene. But is it enough to throw us off the scent? No way. Bulletproof is the romance of the year <laughs> I, I, that, would, that would not make me view this movie any differently i don't know man like it made me look at it differently because like the same way nightmare 2 is like a low-key but like also high-key uh gay film you can see it it's like it is a it's like a, a relationship drama at its center with some action set pieces kind of scattered about but i mean yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't see why. Uh, I don't know. And also, I think Neil, what do you think about this? About the review? Yeah, um, just say, yeah. What do you, what do you draw from the narrative, and and versus this, uh, this article? Oh, uh, you know, it's funny. I read so, I read a couple of reviews, and everyone loved the pull, the uh, the pun of of being bulletproof, uh, or anything to do with guns. I think the Tribune's one was. I wrote it down. Uh, Wayne Sandler off target and bulletproof, just stuff like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess it could be the romance of the year. I, I mean, uh, the one thing I noticed was they obviously they had decent chemistry, uh, Wayans and Sandler. But um, I feel like I think the director said this at one point that the producers got way too involved. And you can tell that um, I don't know. I felt like they should have let them loose a little bit more. But um, there was definitely some chemistry there, so I could see them uh, living into the into the sunset uh, in Mexico. Spoilers. 
And and also there's this whole spoilers uh, Tracy character who turns out to be a real foil, a real real thorn in Damon Wayans' side. It's like almost like the narrative saying like women, I don't know about these women, man. <laughs> you should probably stay with your buddy and go to Mexico. In the honeymoon suite, right? Exactly. And like that's another thing. The the whole middle section of this movie basically is them working things out in a honeymoon suite for like Yeah. I don't know, man. It's well just, what's I mean, what's to separate this from any modern bromance movie, so to speak? Like what's what's wrong yeah. with uh with what what's happened in this movie aside from the uh I think like, it's more tongue in cheek with the bromance dynamic into this. It's it's unintended and you have to wonder if the filmmaker saw any of this. Ernest, old Dickerson. <laughs> uh, but I mean, just but still, like I think the the emphasis was that they like like forget the relationship element of it. Like, what's wrong with like this dude who's like this is a really close friend, like the only friend of mine, like a, a friend that I truly love, and and sure. uh, and he fucked me over, like you know. I think it's just more to me. It's more interesting to look at it that way now in retrospect. This is this is one where where I'm gonna I'm gonna say no for that. I'm gonna I'm gonna reject the uh, the premise of that myself because I, I just I don't uh, I don't think it matters like in the way that Nightmare Two definitely does matter. You know, like when you know that there are like intentional gay undertones. And I don't know. I guess if we read like somewhere where the d- director was like, oh no, that was always the intention. Like bulletproof yeah. is supposed to be too super gay. That's what I need is that kind of validation yeah. from old Dickerson. Yeah. I just, I, I think that, uh, I don't know. Uh, to me, it's I, like, I, I reject it. And I'm not, I'm not gay. I, I'm very pro gay. I just think it'd be such, so much more interesting if that was what was going on in the subtext of this movie. It just makes it an inherently more interesting movie. That's all. Mm. Yeah. No, it would. Yeah, for sure. I think. Yeah, I, I agree with with Jer. I don't think that was part of it. Uh, just because of the the barrage of, of jokes that they had, just sort of like this, the you know your your uh, bargain bin uh, gay jokes, you know, a couple times. But um, it would make it much more interesting though if the, he came out and he was like, well, actually, we had a whole subplot that the producers cut. Um, but yeah, I don't think we'll ever get the yeah. uh, Dickerson cut. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Cut. I'd, I'd be all for a four-hour bulletproof <laughs> if it's all super gay. How many movies? Well, uh, we I won't go over the list because th- there's hundreds. But I was like, what? How, are there a lot of movies where you wouldn't want to see a four-hour cut that like is like 20 years later or something? Well, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, like basically any comedy. Like I don't need Hulk to see floats. A, I don't need to see any four-hour comedy. I, I would, I don't know, man, just I'd be, be interested. Like even, uh, was it, uh, three men and a little lady. Give me the four hour, three men. Yeah. And a little, I'll watch it. I'll watch it. I don't care. We just need more Gutenberg. Yeah. Give me more goots, more We're, dance. We, we are lacking some, some goots in the world. Where is goots? Um, he's on he's the on gold cameo. Oh, he's on, oh, yeah. he's on. Oh, okay. We got to get, you got to get him for a cameo. Just have him say hello. And <laughs> is he on cameo? Really? He was for a while. I don't know if he is anymore. Interesting. Uh, at Selick, he's too busy avocado farming. <laughs> so a uh, cameo. What? So Neil, you thought you saw this movie? Well, you yeah, didn't. I I thought I I saw this for sure. Um, because it was one of my favorite things about this movie from working at Blockbuster, which I know you guys know, but also just from uh, used to go, going we every need to Friday. Get tattoos, just, like the Lord I know, right? <laughs> our member ID or ID number, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I just remember this box was always so prominent because it was a B. It was in the beginning of the shelf, and every time I went to Blockbuster, I always see it, and I'm like, oh, I kind of remember that movie, but I, yeah, I never saw it. So I was um pleasantly surprised, and I'm not gonna. We'll get into this, I'm sure, but 
the first spoiler that they give you within the, I guess, the inciting incident, the first 10, 15 minutes, I was not paying attention closely enough that it got me really bad. And I was like, oh, wow, he is not who he says he is. I was like, oh, I can't believe this this 90s movie got me. But it did. Alas, uh, Sandler Wayans comedy question mark action movie action comedy in the vein of 48 hours or a lethal weapon yeah. you know it's 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 uh, i think they said that it was intended to be like a a, a 48 hours of the 90s which this is, like, it, this is from uh, the cinematographer of spike lee's malcolm x <laughs> is that right Take the homoerotic subtext of the buddy movie and accessorize, make it interracial, a la 48 hours or lethal weapon, toss in chains, handcuffs, some manner of bondage equipment. What you have is the beginning of a beautiful friendship, if not necessarily a good movie, is the first paragraph of this review. Well, I, is it a good movie? No, but it's a it's a decent like yeah. 90s. Agreed. Yeah, here's what I'll say. This is uh, maybe my favorite dosage of Adam Sandler. Like when he's in this like secondary supporting role, like I, I'll take him in this and in a rain over me, if you will, an anger management, you know, like these are the these are the best Adam Sandler's where he's playing like a two hand like second fiddle, but like mm-hmm. barely like, you know, he's almost right there on the same level. But this is clearly like a Damon Wayans movie. I'm with Adam, you. So like I like it. Yeah, I'm with you. I like to see Sandler with one other heavy hitter sharing the screen together in like a two-hander yeah. take a little bit of weight off of his uh hubie halloween's shoulders yeah <laughs> but uh yeah he's he's good in this and he's very likable from from like and it's just a testament to i think his likability as an actor but also as a person that shines through in all of his performances but uh he is he's not necessarily a good guy and but you can't help but like him throughout this whole story you know you feel right. bad for him, and uh, you feel bad for Damon Wayans, obviously. And uh, you just want these guys to get married and just elope, you know? Uh, That's what sure. we're asking for. So you, you didn't know that uh, – so the director, yeah, he's, he's one of Spike Lee's famous cinematographers up until uh, – I think Malcolm X was the last time they worked together, uh, and then he went into TV. I do – I like – there's some shots uh, that, that I guess we'll mention as we go. But, uh, yeah, like there's some really cool – you know, dynamic looking shots in this movie that uh that really pop. So what else is uh old Dickerson done? Do you know Neil or Jer? Uh, well I know no. he did the movie Juice. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie oh, Juice. Okay. Um he did that and then uh a lot of D P work. Um I think he did a movie called Double Take, possibly with Eddie Griffin. I can't remember if he directed that. Um but uh, he's actually been really, really prolific in uh the T V world. He's been directing T V for maybe like ten years or so. So he's cool. one of the main directors on Bosch. I, I, I love watching Bosch. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but he directs a lot of that show. Bosch is one of those that um, shows uh, I hear great things about, but I have not ever tuned into. So unfortunately, maybe I'll have to check out Bosch. It's just I think it's oh, the name. It's just shit. like uh, yeah. it's like an onomatopoeia on a comic strip. I, Bosch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that would turn me off from it, but he also directed Demon Knight. Oh, the Billy Tales Man. from the Crypt Demon Knight, which oh. unfortunately is over 90 minutes. Mm. But you know what's not? It's Bordello of Blood. We keep oh. holding it up, babe. Is that with Dennis there. Miller? Come on, Oh, babe. yeah, cha-cha. I feel like Rasputin in a Baroque radio shack, babe. Right? <laughs> right, guys? Just use a bunch of words that people kind of know. And just end it with babe. <laughs> and it all works. 
All right. Uh, uh, uh. So I want to say one thing real quick for you guys. I, I thought about you today, or maybe it was yesterday. I don't know if you've seen this, but I feel like your influence is uh, getting out there even into the far reaches of the internet because I turned on Netflix and the second or third category down was movies under 90 minutes. Oh, and I was just shit. I was just checking it out. And I, I, I will have to knock them a little bit. The first movie was an hour 42, <laughs> but everything else was under 90. So. What was that movie? Uh, I have to double check, but I just yeah. I was like, hey, look at this. These they're uh, they're making waves. Well, look, well, you know what? The algorithms can't be perfect every time. Oddly <laughs> enough, uh, that's and that's the only places we see that, that those little corners of the internet is where we seem to be popping our head up, just slowly but surely, you know. Yeah. And that's what we want. We want just the tini- tiniest little darkest corners of the internet. Mm-hmm. Is that right, Jerry? Ones that we're that, going for the dusty ones that you don't want to go down like you don't even want to put your hand in that corner because it's like just going to get filthy anyway <laughs> that's where we're comfortable anyway uh 90 under 90 beyond forever and uh whether you guys like it or not so at least for opens, the next eight to nine years so we can get yeah. our 90 over 90 on patreon Patreon. six seasons and a movie under 90 yeah, yeah exactly. six seasons and a movie so the movie opens with Damon Wayans uh my favorite of the Wayans I don't know about you bros oh, yeah. but oh, uh yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm Team Damon. I, I know there's yeah. a lot of Team Shawns and a lot of Team Marlins out there. Yeah, but uh, we we're I don't want to meet them. We're a Team Damon family. So if you if <clears throat> if you're not, there's yeah. the door. And then yeah. there's the Rogue Keenan Ivory fan too. As well. Keenan Ivory, he's a respectable like, Wayans, a respectable yeah. Wayans, but you know of a yeah. different generation. Mm-hmm. I will say and I'm a huge same one. <laughs> I'm a huge Last Boy Scout fan, which Damon Wayans is great in, and I also I, I really have a soft spot for Blank Man. I used to watch it all the time as a kid. Absolutely, just watched Blank Man maybe less than a year ago, I would say. Uh, speaking of Rain Over Me, the Mike Binder filmography. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, yeah, we got the Sandman here, nicest guy in Hollywood, from what I understand. We <laughs> we had a crane Among down. Them. We got a crane down shot kind of from somebody's uh, very expensive-looking house uh, as the Damon Wayans and Adam Sandler appear to be stealing his very expensive-looking car. I don't know. I don't do cars. And once again, another very well-lit lifting of a car. Like, everything is clear. They're, like, in the front of the driveway, like, right by a busy street. I'll tell you guys. What's great to – this movie's very – the plot's pretty easy to track. Super. and and the dialogue is really easy to track because half the conversations are going to be about like why did you do this to me? So we're not there yet. So they're <laughs> friends still here. Um, yeah. And Damon Wayne's uh, he's like, you sure you know what you're doing? You know, a little little bickering, and then the, the alarm goes off in the car, thus uh, resulting in uh, one of like the lamest chases. But what's really genius about it is we find out there's like a twist, like a little tiny twist here in like five minutes of screen time. Mm-hmm. So you're like, yeah, maybe you're not that thrilled by this chase. That's fine. Moving on, they go to just like just outside the the police station right after the chase. And Damon Wayans has the audacity to ask the very officer who was chasing them and lost them due to some really dumb maneuver where like they just made a sharp left. And there was a semi that was in the opposing lane that the, the cop just had to wait for. And then he lost him. So anyway, back at the station, he says, uh, uh, my friend, he's retarded and uh, we got to go to Disneyland. And yeah, he does use the hard R there. Yeah. Uh, it's not as bad as what happens immediately after that is Adam Sandler's impersonation of said that. retarded person. 
Yeah, he does like a like he does a Disneyland kind of thing, and the the officer is like he gives him directions, and we're like we're thinking, oh, it's this kind of movie where like everyone's just way dumber than the main characters. Is this what's going on? Okay, so the two find themselves at uh, a billiards hall where uh, Monica Potter is yeah, right? uh, hanging mm-hmm. out with some kind of bouffant curly hair. Um, she's uh, he's getting hit on by Adam Sandler. And her very large boyfriend comes, and it's framed. It's shot very, you know, very much that way, <laughs> where it's like up on a a big, like it's tilting way down he's, at Adam Sandler. He's towering over Sandler, and yeah. it is very much uh, some some down angles and some up angles. Like it's it's ridiculous. They make him look ten feet tall. Uh, yep, um, Sandler five. There's mm-hmm. a, there's a lot of um. POV shots and uh, do you get that in uh, the other movies of this DP? Because like, uh, yeah, I guess Spike Lee does that a lot, so maybe that is like a little trademark there inserting itself. You see, like, or it's uh, because he's looking straight into his heart because he's in yeah. love with him. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. It's just love is in the air. Mm-hmm. But like, you get like a shot, like a POV shot from like the pool cue in this fight scene that comes up here, like really quick cuts too, and uh, I think it's kind of neat. For like 96 with this banging soundtrack bros uh guys give it up this movie's got a banging soundtrack it's a needle drop soundtrack that rivals the best of them i can't tell if we're being sincere or not i think it's like (laughs) it's kind of catchy in certain parts but they keep playing this one and i know you guys know which one i'm talking about this one little like guitar riffy like beat that thing Jared, you gotta get... soul. <laughs> no, I don't need to do any impersonation. <laughs> All right, okay. we'll, we'll it'll come out later, later, I'm sure. One of my favorite things though about this movie is that I was listening to the soundtrack. And I was like, oh, I wonder who did this because you know they kept using the same thing, and I I looked it up, and it's famed composer Elmer Bernstein from oh. To Kill a Mockingbird, Magnificent Seven, uh, Ten Commandments. He does that little that that guitar little beat thing <laughs> I, that they keep playing over and over. I just imagine him being in the studio <laughs> with some other hip hop producers, just dropping beats incredible at like 90 or whatever how old he was you know what he's not getting the results like that he wants so he's just like fuck (laughs) it just give me a guitar and he walks in (laughs) (laughs) he starts rocking out at 90 but like seriously is it really the same dude and he'd worked on bulletproof yeah 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 god proving once again that work is work like uh, edited by Walter Murch and shot by Spike Lee cinematographer and, and released uh, by the A24 of their time. Uh, and starring Major Payne and Blink Man and Billy <laughs> Madison. That's right. And and the lovely Monica Potter. So he Sandler's hitting on Monica Potter and the boyfriend comes and he's like, what are you doing? And like Sandler, uh, he has like a brief conversation with Wayne saying like alluding how like he always gets his ass kicked. But, like, Wayne's is always there to back him up. Like, that's their dynamic, man. So he hits on Monica Potter. The boyfriend comes up, and he sees Wayne's is, like, watching them. So he's like, yeah, you know what? I was hitting on your girlfriend. And he, like, really gets in his face. He starts insulting him. He calls him a snatch face. <laughs> and uh, that's when it's on. And uh, Damon Wayans with his, like, overall, his large baggy overall, denim overalls, and his uh, t-shirt, sideways hat, leather kangle, I think. Yeah, <laughs> he comes good. strutting in, 
And uh, he actually like has like a little aside with Monica Potter. He's like, can you believe this? And he's all like, not like that, like this. And then like you see like the pool cue shot of like him hitting the guy and like he kicks his ass and like he gets a nut shot. And uh, but he still get, walks away with Monica Potter, old MP. So really, he's the winner. Damon wins, though. He does have cool overalls. So I guess everybody wins. Yeah. Uh, Sam. I don't know why, but in my memory, he was wearing I, he was wearing cargo pants that had like the biggest pockets in like, <laughs> cinema history. I have no idea why that's my memory. I just like instead it's, it's like like clown pants. Suit. Yeah, it's like the suspenders. <laughs> They're really very baggy. It was the style. It was like that painter's outfit kind of. Right. He's gonna go paint somebody's house right after this. After the <laughs> ass <laughs> So Sandler finally tells Damon Wayans. Oh, by the way, did I tell you guys, did we start with the, uh, let's rewind to the very beginning of this movie and say that James Caan opens the movie on a, because uh, we're shooting into the, the rich guy's house whose car they were stealing. And it's James Caan on the TV and he's talking about two, two cars in every garage and he sells cars. So... Okay, so now re- fast forward to Adam Sandler telling Damon Wayans that he works for oh, – I might be, might be able to get you some work. I know you're in need of some money, and I trust you, and I'm in love with you. And yeah, I'm eating this gyro plate here, and uh, I was wondering, you know, maybe I'll cut you in on some future business. And he just grabs the remote, and he flips through the channels, and he does like a quick joke about spray-on hair and his mom using it. And then he gets to James Conn on the TV, and uh, it's that same ad, two, two cars in every garage. He's all like, that's the guy. That's the guy I work for. It's a front, man. That car thing is just like a front. So Damon Wayans, uh, he's like, cool, man. I guess I have my in. So he's leaving. And uh, it looks like he's about to uh, jack a car. Is that what he's about to do in the parking lot? It seems like it, but I hear some keys like hit the ground, yeah. which is like, weird. Keys under his uh, wheel or something, maybe like hidden keys. Okay. Which seems like a bad place to leave your keys, but I guess there were no pockets in those clown pants that he was wearing. <laughs> so he should have had the cargo pants, like you said. Yeah, if he had some giant pocket, if he had the world's largest <laughs> cargo pockets. And that's when we get. Yeah, admittedly, a, a, a Miles Davis-looking police officer <laughs> and Grandma's boy himself. Uh, and they both yes. wear we get uh, we got Alan, backwards hats. <laughs> Alan Covert making his gratuitous appearance in every Adam Sandler movie, even if he's not the star. Yep. And then the other guy who I'm just gonna say it is the blackest man I've ever seen. Like I, he's the darkest. It's a dark complexion. I'll just say that. I feel like we're treading some some water I, I, here. I'm, I'm I don't mean anything negative by it. I'm just saying if you were to like do a spectrum of African American men, he is 100% on the far right. And there's nothing wrong with that. And then, did you guys catch Jonathan Lofrin though in the background? The other Lofren, guy from yeah, San, yeah, he's from Sandler man. movies. Yeah, he oh, has no. a silent cameo in this. I'm sure he had lines at one point, but. <laughs> he, he probably laughed like that um so yeah he gets busted by covert and the miles davis guy and he he's the one who calls it out and uh so they take him in and and now you're finding out that damon wins knows these guys and like 
like they have a rapport and they're taking him to the station. He's still in cuffs yet. There's the police officer who he was just asking about Disneyland directions, and he was in on it the whole time. He's like, you know, so do you have fun at Disneyland? Twist, guys. That chase that was lame, there's a reason that was lame. It's because Damon Wayans works for the police station. Man, man, man. What a twist. And that is 100% the reason that the action in that scene was lame. Because he was conscious of his job. I like it. I buy it, you know? And I buy the stupid Disneyland thing also, you know, because the guy was like, okay, I'll play along with this stupid little prank you want to pull on me. Um, So, yeah, yeah, I bought it. So Damon Wayans has a chat with his uh, captain, this Robert De Niro looking guy. (laughs) Captain not De Niro? Yeah, not De Niro. Bobby not De Niro. He says he... He now has an in with Archie and thus an in with uh, James Caan. What, what's his, James Caan's character's name? Colton. Colton, yes. He's got an in with Colton, played by James Caan, the Godfather's Sonny Corleone. James so, Caan, who was quoted as saying something to the effect that of trying to play the villain against these two clowns was very difficult for me. Is that what he said? Yeah. It's <laughs> oh, a very man. it's like a Tommy Lee Jones Batman Forever situation. He yeah. could not sanction their buffoonery. Just like Tommy Lee Jones though in Batman Forever, they both bring a certain amount of humor to uh to the role. Like and and watching this now cuz I've seen this movie a dozen times easily since 96. Um James Conn, like he's he is funny in this movie. He's mm-hmm. like more, way more subtly funny. He's not making too many dick jokes, except when he asks spoilers Adam Sandler to suck his dick, and yeah. that's his last meal. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's crazy uh, that he's like after everything. Like <laughs> we'll get there in a moment. Right, right, right. And I'll, and I'll focus on it then. So he has an in with uh, with Colton, and uh, that's good. He's like, that's going to make your career. He's like, man, I don't care about that. I just care about putting this guy behind bars. So he's a very altruistic police officer at that undercover. Has been for the last year with Archie. But he also says, uh, you got to go easy on my guy Archie when this bust inevitably happens. Because uh, maybe we can even like help his, get him back on track because I like this guy. And uh, I want to kiss well, him. Wait a minute. Well, this is yeah. – perhaps the the biggest crime that he himself could admit are you getting soft on him yeah like there's nothing worse than getting soft on a guy the captain's sweet on a guy or usually this happens halfway through the movie like what is happening here damon wayans he's like it's happened early officer i'm in love and like the thing is, you gotta understand, is Damon Wayans puts on this like fake voice when he does his Rock Keats uh, persona, which is super gangstified. Like, it's, it's, excuse it's, me, officer. You know what it is? It's really like a notch below an in living color sketch. Like, yeah. the character of yeah. Rock Keats is like they were both doing concurrent things, like bits. Sandler with his mentally handicapped dude, and yeah. Damon Wayans is thug. So he's in now with Colton, and uh, so I think it just cuts straight to the meeting, right, with James Caan, Colton. Yeah, they. Um, he's like, you know, he suggests he wears a wire to this meeting, and he's just like, yeah, I don't know about that. And it's like, you should wear a wire, then cut to, like, have is he we, wearing it? Oh, is he wearing it? Have we gotten further, techno- like, technologically speaking, from the wire? Yeah, I really hope so. <laughs> I hope so, too. Is this the wire in one piece of tape? On the chest. 
does that still is that if that's a thing still you guys should stop i'm just saying i highly highly doubt that that's an actual thing it's probably hasn't been a thing for way longer than the movies have you know continued to show it hey guys do you remember bane from batman and robin Mm-hmm. The oh, best yeah. the best portrayal of Bane. I'm not talking about that Tom Hardy bullshit. I'm no. talking about real Bane. You're talking about muscular, vascular yeah. Bane! Played by none other than Jeep, Jeep Svensson. Oh, that's uh, right. Mr. And Bledsoe. he's in this. He plays bodyguard Mr. Bledsoe to James Caan's Colton. And they're over by his seaside uh, residence and uh, whatever. And they're, it looks like they're eating some old man dinner. And he's like, I don't trust you. I don't trust you, friend, because I don't fucking know him. So I want you to check him. And that's when fucking Jeeps Venson holds back Damon Wayans. He's like, what? What's going on here? I have no idea. And Adam Sandler's like, if he's a cop, I'll suck your dick, man. So he lifts up his shirt and he shows that he's not wearing a wire. And uh, James Caan, I wish that old Dickerson got his DP from the Spike Lees to get a close-up on James Caan after he says, if he's a cop, I'll suck your dick. Because you know, like, the wheels are turning in his head, just, like, licking his lips. He's like, I don't care if this goes wrong. I hope to God this guy's a cop. So, like, because honestly, what ends up, and that spoilers end up happening is, like, he is a cop. They end up finding out, and James Caan wants him to deliver on that. So that's, like, one thing that, that makes this a more homoerotic narrative than most yeah. action movies. The villain does want oral sex from you. The and he, he holds on to it, too, because it was, like, a week later that the big bust <laughs> happened. So he was thinking about it for a week. Mm-hmm. He's going to bed at night for the next seven days thinking about Archie blowing him. So if this if this just just I'm waiting, I'm waiting for this to go I wrong. Hope, I actually hope he's a cop. I actually do. I actually hope he's a cop <laughs> thinking in bed playing with his old James Khan. Maybe I'll pay him to pretend like he's a cop just to make him suck my dick. <laughs> Now that that would be something. That would be something. <laughs> I don't know why, but that's, if you do James Conn, you have to repeat. That would be something. That would be something. Oh. It's not even a good James Conn. No, um, but it worked. I believed it. I right. bought it. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. So he. Uh, so anyway, there's going to be a big deal happening next week, and uh, so like. He passes this meeting, this tense meeting with Colton here. He checks for the wire, the whole – he puts it on the table. He says, I'll suck your dick, and uh, basically they move on. So, yes, okay, Damon Wayans is going to be Adam Sandler, Archie's partner for this deal that's happening in this shady dockside warehouse that's next week. So he tells his superiors they set up a big sting, and the word is that Colton's going to check in, check in conveniently on, like, Archie during this deal. Which is really fucking stupid. Like, why is Archie even there in the first place right. then? If Colton's just going to pop in, which is basically Archie's job is just to make sure that shit's running right. smoothly. Exactly. He's completely superfluous. He's really just there hoping that he's going to get his dick sucked. <laughs> he's waiting. <laughs> God, I hope I hope this goes bad. I hope this I hope goes it wrong. does. I hope it does. <laughs> <laughs> he's cr- They're just circling the building right now. And he's getting his he's playing. He's kind of like. 
shuffling his penis like over his pants just a little bit. And he's like, he's getting fluttery because he's like really nervous that maybe it won't be, he won't be a cop and it's not going to happen. And the whole time Jeeps Venson's driving, just looking in the rear view like, oh, Jesus Christ, this is my life. <laughs> like, hey, just drive. Just drive. <laughs> he's a little upset too because he's like, why didn't he ever ask for me to suck his dick? You're not my type. You're not my type. I don't so. want to have to ask for it. I want it to be offered to me, okay? I want it to be offered to me. <laughs> He's like Jimmy two times. <laughs> uh, so the big deal with the cartel happens, and you get this, like, the most ombre of ombres. <laughs> like the bus in. boy. Uh, from from Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Antonio, the bus Oh, boy. that's right. That's yeah. right. Let's his cat Kramer accidentally lets his cat out and he gets pissed and he's just as intense in that fucking role as he is in this role. Uh, but it's great because his cat, perhaps frightened by the explosion, <laughs> returned to him at home. <laughs> That's right. So like, you don't get that sweet moment with his character in this, really. Um, instead, Adam Sandler shows up with uh, Damon Wayans. Keep in mind, Damon Wayans is in the Rock Keats persona. So they go to the uh, the old warehouse, and uh, and the bus boy is there, and uh, he he's with his colleagues, and he's all like, they didn't say nothing about no other guy, and he's like, uh, well, relax, relax, he works for James Caan, don't worry about it. He's all like, well, I don't think I like him. Anyway, let's move on with this. And then they cue the music, and it's like, and fucking all these people come out from, like, all the rafters, and, like, a car comes, and, like, they bust out secret heroin compartments from all over mm-hmm. the car. And uh, and I feel like old Dickerson was like, maybe the audience isn't going to know. So you get a voiceover from Archie saying, what you're seeing here is pure uncut heroin. <laughs> Just to let you guys Just in case. Know. Yeah, because this is 1996 when smoking a lot of weed is a really, really bad thing in movies. And his mom uh, does it too much, too much. That's that's always been uh, because, you know, I'm sure you you follow Adam Sandler's career. That's always been a theme of his career is you're smoking too much dope, like on his albums in like funny people. He mentions it in this. It's he's very moderate weed consumption pro. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost ironic where like it seems like he's making a joke of somebody who's like you're smoking too much weed. Yeah. Yeah. Like what what's your stance, Sandler? He's probably you used he's probably like the Dennis Miller of weed chat. He used to be quite liberal and now he's kind of conservative like kind of like Rasputin in a baroque uh radio shack, babe. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, no one laughs harder at that than me. Uh, <laughs> so, fucking the busboy sees that Damon Wayans is like looking around, you know, a little bit too much. He's like he's watching the operation a little too closely and he's all like, what the fuck's your problem, man? He like comes in really hot. He's like, you yeah. better back up off me, son. What's your problem? He's like, what's your problem? Why do you want to know what the fuck's going on? It's my problem. And he's he's like, like, I'm trying to learn something, dude. I was literally <laughs> just hired for this job. <laughs> yeah, he's like, and he says to Sandler, he's like, he acts like a cop. And he's all like, and he doesn't say it to him, but I was waiting for him to say, if he's a cop, I'll suck your dick. <laughs> like, he just says it to <laughs> I'll everybody. I'll suck every dick in the fucking warehouse. 
instead what ends up happening is he very and like he doesn't have an undershirt on or anything so all adam sandler has to do is just casually unzip damon wayans's jacket and there's a wire taped to his chest and he goes oh and fucking all hell breaks loose now all the guys they start shooting and uh adam sandler takes cover because now they're against adam sandler yeah we got the cops coming in Mm -hmm. um there's one guy in there that I was so excited about. Um, I don't know if you remember him, but he was up on a um, balcony or whatever in the warehouse. And it seemed like he was waiting the entire um, operation to pull a lever so a car would drop. He just <laughs> waited for that one moment. And it just dropped that, in another car, and then he gets blown away. Honestly, that would be me, Neil, in this situation. I'd be like, and then I'd get shot and killed. I was going to stay in this iron vehicle until I can escape. But as long as I get that well-timed drop, I don't care. Um, so anyway, uh, okay, so Sandler winds up taking a dog hostage in a standoff against Damon Wayans. Oh, uh, Buds McKenzie. Is it the Spuds McKenzie? Should have been. Yeah, it's I don't drunk. know, I heard him. <laughs> those, are, those to me are like, say what you want about pugs or pit bulls. These are the ugliest dogs. You don't like the um, Frankenweenie? No. No. This is the ugliest, the, the ugliest looking snout that uh, looks like a potato. It's like I kind of like it. No, I don't like. I like ugly a, dogs though. I'd I rather, always, I'd rather have a pug. I, I like always pugs. thought that uh, they were like uh, if Alec Baldwin in Beetlejuice <laughs> was a dog and he <laughs> made his own face. That That's what it looks like. Uh, that elongated proboscis. Proboscis means nose, by the way. That's a great word. Can you do it in a Dennis Miller, perhaps, like a talking about it? <laughs> that would be okay. I feel like Rasputin in a Baroque Radio Shack with a large proboscis, babe. Cha cha. <laughs> How's that? Good. A plus. Thank you. Um, and I was quoting. That's from uh, adaptation. I remember. That's the only reason I know that proboscis means nose. Because <laughs> Chris Cooper says it. Um, so he takes the dog hostage and he has a standoff against Wayans and, uh, and, uh, Wayans has no problem taking out the main ombre standing behind him real quick. Like he has that like blade sense he shoots yeah. him immediately. and Sandler, he lets the dog go and he's like, you love animals. You wouldn't shoot him. Like Damon Wayans puts on that serious voice that he does when he wants to come off as sincere, but it comes off kind of insincere. Yeah. You love animals. And because, <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, he's not that great of a serious actor. I mean, he's no, fine. He's just yeah. he's he's fine. He's a, more suitable as a sitcom actor and the stand up. I was going to ask, how long did you did you watch all of my wife and kids? No, my wife. Not, I did kids. not watch all of it, but I did watch like the first three seasons of it. And then like it moved networks, I believe. And I did not catch up or I did not stay caught up with you. Weren't, you're a network loyalist when it comes to your sitcoms. That's no, why it was make the jump. I think it was because I didn't know where it went. I would have followed like, it. You know what? I'm not even going to look. <laughs> I would have followed it because I was like, well, you know what? Damon, ne- Damon Wayans needs my support. <laughs> Yeah, he's good enough, like you said. I mean, in the movies, you just need a comedic actor to like have that one or two scenes tops in a comedy movie where he has to be a little emotional. And as long as they can pull that off, it's fine. And he does. So I'm just I'm ragging on him a little too much. Um, so he, he has the hand, the stand up. He lets the dog go. But like then the, here comes this two ton hook that's on this automated suspension. And Damon Wayans you know, takes out the ombre. And as soon as he turns around, Adam Sandler gets hit by this hook, thus making him 
shoot his gun, and then you get that POV shot of that bullet going straight into Damon Wayans' dome. Boom. And he hits the ground, and uh, Sandler, like, you can... He's a good actor, man. I'm just going to say it. Like, even in this little moment where he panics, sees that he shot his best friend in the head, and then runs off. is pretty good acting here. He, um gets on a, a motorcycle and rides this is all adam sandler by the way he rides down like a 37 probably staircase and does a controlled slide under a closing gate <laughs> and then the dog appears right after him mm-hmm. spuds mckenzie chases after him and this is important because uh spuds will come back in many in a big way in this movie throughout but um he doesn't get far until he immediately hits James Conn's car <laughs> yeah. and goes flying. Because as soon as James Conn hears those bullets, he's like, oh, my dick is getting sucked. It's it's getting sucked. So it's like, <laughs> he's like, oh. yep, move forward, Bledsoe. <laughs> yep. So they drive. And uh, do you guys uh, – probably in like 2019, and it definitely if it was uh, was it Neville Taylor, they would definitely lean into the villain like wearing ladies' underwear, rubbing his nipples like – actually probably playing with himself in the car before he he inevitably makes adam sandler get on his knees it would be much more disturbing yeah this is like just oh, fine sure. it's this just, is just the right level of like james Conn getting a blowjob in general is funny image like yeah you don't even see him so anyway okay adam sandler hits he like it's a gnarly spill like he's going top speed on the bike he t-bones the car that just pulls out around the corner and he flies easily like 10 15 feet <laughs> i don't know quite a distance gets up and then gets his ass kicked by by bane from batman and robin okay and james Conn says uh you cost me millions of dollars by fucking this up sandler's like i'm really sorry and he's like what did he say what did he say if if, if he's a cop i'll suck your dick is that right and then fucking Svensson, like without missing a beat, gets his arms like he get like puts a gun like near his mouth, and he's and you don't hear it or see anything. You don't see James Conn unzip or anything. You just <clears> see him like kind of stand over him, and then immediately um, Adam Sandler. What does he do? Like does the dog come? It attacks. Yeah, bang. the dog jumps over the Hummer, and then Adam Sandler punches James Conn straight in the beanbag and runs, and he so hightails. So that's it. raw beanbag too. I think it's out at that point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, missed a beanbag. <laughs> he must have bruised those things pretty badly. God. He probably liked it too, though, knowing Colton. He probably thought it was something, you know, a prize. <laughs> yeah, ball torture. He's into that. Um, in the Dickerson cut, there's they go in, they get into that in the subsequent scene. Like he's, <laughs> you see the bruising, and he's all like, "That must have hurt." And Khan goes, "Yeah, but I liked it, like something like that." I I didn't quote it correctly, but that's the gist of it. Yeah. No, you're right. Jeep comes in, and he's like, "I got ice for you, boss," and he's like, "I don't want ice. I just want to feel the pain." <laughs> <laughs> just let it happen. Just let it happen. Just let it happen. I have a confession for you both here. It's going to be very embarrassing, but Uh (laughs) in that moment, uh, now I haven't been punched in the beanbag and let the pain subside. Maybe one day, but the moment when Wayans is looking at Sandler and, you know, he shoots uh, the bus boy and he turns back and and the bullet is about to hit him. I knew Wayans was going to get shot. Like I just, I could feel it. You could feel it in the scene. I had a split second thought in my head and I immediately thought I sounded like an idiot. But anyway, I'm like, oh, okay, the movie's called Bulletproof. I wonder if this is going to play into this. And I was like, that that Kangol hat he's been wearing is just really bright. Maybe his hat is Bulletproof and he'll survive. And I was it's like, what is that? 
the whole movie's about the Kangol. It's got nothing to do with friendship or love. It's about a hat that they need to get like so the next duplicated scene, for the next scene. David Wayans gets up and he says, "It must have been the hat." I, th- I must use this to fight evil. And then subsequent scenes is him using the hat to actually thwart, like Blank Man. Yeah. Like when he got stabbed, like the knife bends. Yep. And uh, John Polito uh, doesn't like that. <laughs> so, yeah. Don't aim for the head. He's bulletproof. That's right. Um, and then Johnny Five shows up. <laughs> J5? J5. Yeah, J5. J5. And Fisher Stevens uh, is a Middle Eastern man. <laughs> in a problematic role for Fish, Fisher Stevens. Um, God. So anyway, next scene. Uh, it's it's just a matter of time before Ryan Reynolds is reunited with Samuel L. Jackson, the hitman's bodyguard. And they're on to the next scene in their adventure. A um, lot of action, a lot of laughs. And then there's a sequel with Salma Hayek where it's uh, the wife of Damon Wayans. The end. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> the end. Selma Hayek what now? Um, she was the this, sister this of the bus the boy. Hitman's bodyguard, right? Oh, okay. Okay, that was the joke. Because you said sequel, and then my mind reminded me of how offended I was when I rented this movie on Amazon, only to find out that last year, in the middle of a pandemic, they released yes. Bulletproof 2. I know, I know. Starring Faison Love and fucking Kirk Fox. The guy from Parks and Rec who works in the sewer department. Oh, the sewer Joe yep, or whatever, yep, right? Yep, yep. Uh, I was like... I know. This is not a property that you need to make a sequel. That could have been called but, anything else. Do you know what I felt when I saw that? Uh, nostalgia, because it reminded me of our... T- hey, guys, hold up your tattoos. Blockbuster days, when you would yeah. see a sequel to some shitty old movie, yeah. that, like Donnie Darko 2 or some yeah. fucking bullshit, you know? So I, I, like, I'm not going to watch it, but like the, I don't, I'm not mad that it exists, you know? I, I was just offended, like that... First of all, that they would put Kirk Fox in a movie, <laughs> but second of all, that you would even associate it with Bulletproof. Uh, I was going to address that, but I wanted to do the Hitman's Bodyguard bit first. That's funny. Yours was more clever, and mine was more just, what the fuck is happening in our world? We're living in a parallel universe. How about the tagline? Just like the old days, but worse. Is it supposed uh, to be them older? Just not... You clearly not Adam Sandler and Damon Wayans. And do they acknowledge the fact that this sequel is inferior to the first movie, like openly on the poster? I mean, uh, it I says they unrated. They're telling you right there. There's going to be beanbag play for sure yeah. in this one, and it's in this cut. You got this like, one. James Con does get his dick sucked. <laughs> That's a pretty good. Um, here's okay. If you're if you're uh, helming Neil, you're a director, but you know for hire. If you're helming a bulletproof sequel, uh, first of all, would you helm a bulletproof sequel? Well, like our friend Elmer Bernstein, you know, a job's a job. I gotta okay. do it. As long all as right. I have a guitar, just That's in true. case. He's like, wait a minute, Elmer's coming back for this? He's still alive and he's coming <laughs> now, back? Here's, <laughs> that would be amazing. Now, here's Get me a guitar. <laughs> he's so <serious. laughs> As soon as he comes up from the ground, he's... <laughs> <laughs> Give me a guitar. I've, a, I've, I've been got a great riff. I've been holding this one for decades. 
god. It sounds like Love Roller Coaster. Like, he, saw, yeah. he heard that, and he just barely changed it. Yeah. Um, okay, so back to my question, Neil. To make it a little more complicated, let's say you live in a universe where there is no Bulletproof 2. Now, you're thinking to yourself, I'm going to helm a Bulletproof sequel. I need to be true to this series if I'm going to do that. Do you at all consider the homoerotic subtext in your sequel at all? Ooh, that's a good question. I think I think you have to you have to carry it over because it's that was Dickerson's uh, <laughs> wish, right? You got to follow in the Dickerson line. Listen, so. I've had many phone conversations with Dickerson in preparations of directing <laughs> this movie, and he told me what's important. Look, first of all, he gave me his blessing, and he said that I should really lean into this, and that's what I'm going to go for. He says make it gayer. So right, we had a five-hour conversation, and the last words he told me were, "They better fuck." And I said, <laughs> "I'll follow your directions, sir." And get Bernstein on board if you can. <laughs> I know a great necromancer. Uh, so okay, David Wayne's got shot by Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler got away from James Caan. And now we're back to Wayans, and he kind of goes through his post-gunshot haze. He's in the hospital. It, everything's a blur. And then he wakes up to a beautiful physical therapist slash nurse slash just mommy slash lover named Tracy. Uh, and she's just uh, the ni- as nice as she can be, and they hit it off immediately. And there's a montage of them, not only like his body, like learning to walk again, but also fucking – and yep. it's yep. great. It's, one, a, it's a real uh, steamy montage. It mm-hmm. is a steam. That was one of my favorite parts because when he's on his bed, on his hospital bed, the only memories that are flashing before his eyes are from like the day before when they're eating euros or the week before of yeah. how close their friendship was. Uh, and then you have Kristen Wilson, who, you know, is very like uh, your typical, you know, one of the 90s babes that they always put in stuff. And then I love that there's a montage of them working out she was in a tank top for some reason like while they're doing physical therapy at a hospital or whatever and then it just hard cuts and then she's just berating him like you gotta you gotta get over this or whatever she says (laughs) it's like oh they're dating okay yeah wow hard cut and it's been it's been like months yeah (laughs) yeah you gotta wonder how long it actually takes to fully recover like i'm talking full recovery because we're not talking like how he looks when he makes those first steps and he gives her that wonderful like oh i just did it like a child hug (laughs) we're talking about months where Um, he can walk in and he can take off his sunglasses with attitude and glare at people like samuel l jackson he's full on he's doing a samuel l jackson and bodyguard for the rest of this movie detective carter if it wasn't for that kangol hat you'd be a vegetable (laughs) i know i have to use this to fight evil so I think I got to join the Justice League. And, and honestly, doesn't Bulletproof sound like like a bad like like a, what's it? Bloodshot, the Vin Diesel one. Doesn't mm-hmm. sound like a hero's name. Like I'm Bulletproof. Like it's actually not yep. that bad of a hero no. like name. It's, it's comic booky. And I'm sure that there is in some comic book universe that's not the big two, a character named Bulletproof. And he looks like David Wayans in Bulletproof. <laughs> With yep. a leather Kangol that is impervious to bullets. Turns out the comic out. was released in 1982, and they were hoping, <laughs> hoping that Damon Wayans, who was really just an up-and-comer, mm-hmm. would play that role. Well, little did they know he'd go on to be the biggest star in Hollywood. When? Right, yeah. <laughs> I had to think about Definitely that. Definitely the biggest of the Wayans family. 
Yes, which yeah. is a big deal. Next to Kim, of course. Although I don't know because like the Wayans brothers had a show that was on for several mm. years. Yeah, that's true. I, I don't know if White Chicks brought him down a little bit though, like on even ground maybe. Little man. Think, you know what? It's haunted that, house. Oddly enough, like Damon Wayans has had some stinkers, but he hasn't had anything that stinks as bad as like the other Wayans. So he's like, he's just like, I'm gonna stay over here, do my thing. He's smart like that. Like he, I think he chooses his projects a little. Like, and then he addressed that in the stand-up special where he didn't. Uh, he wasn't for a period, and he was just saying yes to everything. But I feel like he's, his standards are higher compared to to Marlon and and Sean. He knows he knows where he belongs in this world. <clears throat> what the hell is Kim doing, by the way? Uh just What's resting on her laurels. Uh, did you you're, did you watch a uh, Lethal Weapon where he was? Uh, uh, I did. I watched the first season, and I hated the guy playing uh, Riggs. This Johnny like, Depp, redneck Johnny Depp, which <laughs> is saying something when like you're calling him a redneck Johnny Depp who already right. is pretty redneck. Right. That was the <laughs> dude that got fired, right, for screaming at people. Yeah. yeah. And replaced by Sean William Scott, another <laughs> trophy nice guy in Hollywood. Yes, yes. I was gonna say I don't really have anything bad to say about Sean William Scott. Uh, no. He seems like a nice dude. And no one in Hollywood does. <laughs> I just watched American Reunion. You know why? I had a hankering to watch American Reunion. Isn't that, that something? How'd that go down? Average, and it was everything I expected. <laughs> I forgot All about right. that one. I always forget there was one after Wedding uh, with the right. main cast, I should just, say. And, and that's the fun thing about watching Reunion. Like it's it's perfectly harmless, and you're like, oh yeah, this exists. Like <laughs> I'll watch it, you know. Um, so moving on. Uh, there, so what ends up happening is uh, Sandler, he's not in a good place after all these time, but Damon is, and um, Sandler gets, uh, he's he doesn't get pulled over. A cop just pulls up to, to his pulled over car, and he's passed out with a bunch of empty bottles and cans. And, now, uh, again, this has got to be months later yeah. because Damon yeah. Wayans has made a full recovery, and they're just <laughs> now finding him on the side of the road right. wasted with the dog. What has what he been was, doing? I know. Like he should have immediately went to Mexico to become a bullfighter. Instead, he took months to just go on a bender somewhere in Arizona. So yeah, the cop pulls up and he's like, "Can you mind stepping out of the car?" He's like, "Have you been drinking?" He's like, "No, but the the dog might have had a few," and and the dog is like totally passed out and uh, he's got a chewed up bowl filled with beer. And Adam Sandler, as soon as he opens the door, just plops onto the ground. So uh, cut to. Damon Wayne's being told by I think Bobby De Niro, his captain, yeah. that they have Archie Archie and uh he uh only he only wants you to come in and during this exchange that we're gonna have, so to speak, at a airplane hangar. So he, he requested for you. But uh he wants to turn over uh James Kahn, so good news, you know. We can use him. And Damon Wayne's, you know, he's like, Man, this guy shot me in the head. This is gonna be a very complicated dynamic. So they uh Go to the airplane hangar. And I'm mad because my hat wasn't bulletproof. <laughs> <laughs> they sold me bad goods. But I have to use it to fight to fight evil. Um, so he goes to the hangar, and Sandler has won over like the FBI, all the police officers. He's not in cuffs, and he is. He named the dog Rock Keats. And he does a bit with him where he like does a fake pistol and shoots the dog and the dog pretends to die. And then that's when Damon Wayans shows up and he's not pleased with what's going on. 
Not uh, happy. No, he's not pleased. And he uh, he says, why isn't this man in cuffs? He's like, I want his nuts cuffed to his asshole and shit like that. And Sandler is like, all right, before we go, the dog's licking me because he likes me, not because he wants to get close to me and then fuck me over. You remember how he used to lick me? You remember that? <laughs> you remember those nights? Oh, the producers crying. told you to cut that? Okay. All right. Um, um, okay. <laughs> so <on> the, <laughs> there's such a <laughs> there's such a long walk. Where, I know, like I, it's ridiculous that yeah. this is such a long airstrip. I was like, it's comedic. Like you can't even see the building that they were in. Mm-hmm. The hangar that they were in is out of view. They walk a mile to their plane, and on the way, a bunch of snipers come out of a bunch of sunflowers, and uh, they start shooting all the the cops that are guarding Archie. And uh, the shit's going down again. And these these big Humvees like hop over the sunflower field fences. They have like ramps or something, and uh, they end up opening fire. And you know, Jeep Svensson's there. He's basically the general, guys. Uh, he's you know they're they're trying their best. Archie's waddling, and they're trying to. They're, they're very close to the plane. They end up getting inside, um, but uh, as the plane is uh, taking off on the runway, you know it has to pick up momentum. Uh, there's some action there on the strip. Um, there's a couple cool maneuvers. I don't want to get into details here. Basically, the plane takes off, uh, but there's holes in the gas tank. It's leaking. Uh oh. And the pilot has been shot. So mm-hmm. they are. It's pretty intense. So one could say not the best conditions for a flight. Not at all. Uh, And the propellers stop. Like, you just see them just... And, like, the fucking (laughs) plane is just floating in the air. Like a cartoon. Like, the the way that they just stop and they just come to a halt, like, immediately. And it just starts falling and... uh, Well, before that, Adam Sandler says he has a thousand hours. I got a thousand hours flying for Coulson. I can do this. So he gets behind the... uh, the old levers and he gets on the, the comm and you know, it's not working cause that was shot up and that's when it loses the propellers. Damon Wayans, like he's very um, casual that they're about to die. Cause it's like, it's taking a nosedive and he's all like, so we're going to go ahead first, right? I'll be in the back sitting on the black box like that. He does a joke before he, he dies. It's a comedy. Yeah. Come on, Dan. It's a comedy. Get in the spirit. Adam Sandler's uh, admission about flying 1,000 hours, I kind of was logging what he was saying, and I don't really know what he did for James Conn because he was either writing in notebooks, he, then he was like, oh, I'm flying a plane, and he's an importer, exporter, and then he's like, I'm yeah. doing this deal. Like, how deep was he? He said he run he ran points for him. Whatever that entails must mm. mean a lot. Like, flying a plane, uh, <laughs> arranging pickups, like a lot of stuff, man. And uh, that's why he, he did like, so he, much about the operation. He had to do a lot of things for Colton at the threat of having to suck his dick. So, like, you know, whatever it took, whatever that whatever's on that list. Did I call him Colson? Uh, yeah. So yeah. Clark Gregg. Yeah. yeah. They're avenging <laughs> Clark Gregg's death. So uh, uh, they uh, Adam Sandler has to make an emergency landing. And luckily, they're in a very rural mountainous area, but not too mountainous uh, to where they can. Basically, land it, land it, land it, land it, but then it's resting, teetering on a cliff. Uh-oh. Uh, they have to move very, very slowly. They have to whisper. And then that's a pretty funny beat because it, it shifts again, and Damon wins, like, panics. <laughs> like, he goes, oh, shit, that ain't working either. Um, 
and it starts to slip and they, they both have to jump out at the same time and the plane falls and it crashes and uh, that's when they're, they hoof it uh, in the middle of this uh, mountainous range. I don't know where they are, like Nevada, Arizona, something, something like, like that. that. Somewhere. And uh, th- this is when we get that banter that lasts for like from here to like the rest of the movie. I was and, just going to say, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the same conversation over and over again. I hate to say it with some like bits sprinkled yeah. in, like about getting farm animals to piss on Damon Wayans because when he he was pissing Damon Wayans made him stop prematurely and that got a piss all over him and that's not cool man so um it's like what if I chew loud you know he's like if you make a move I'll shoot you he starts asking like petty questions like that um yeah, yeah. It was the the screenwriter of October Sky was like how many times can Adam Sandler <laughs> <laughs> reveal that it was an accident before you know when Damon Wayans cuts him off. This How is many times? The, the writer of October Sky also. Yes. Wow. What's the crew? Guys, <laughs> I don't think we're getting it through to them that there's a black and a white and that Moses lives in the gray area. Have we made it clear <laughs> enough? Can we can we just can we spell it out a little bit better? And this is what happens when you make a movie by by doing a draft for your entire cast and or I'm sorry, your entire crew. They had they held a draft. They said, Ooh, I like the DP of the Spike Lee movies, but it just didn't match up once they got everybody on their team. Uh I don't know. Hand me that guitar. Elmer, we already hired you. You're fine. <laughs> this dude won't stop playing this this riff. Just let him do the movie, please. He doesn't eat. He doesn't drink water or anything. He just he says, Hand me that guitar. Every every 80 minutes or so he lights up like he come up, he came up with a new right. idea but every single time it's heavy that good stuff I, I was drinking with, with Gregory Peck on the set of To Kill a Mockingbird you know what he told me give that man a guitar <laughs> and I said hand me that guitar that he does the same thing oh. for hours it's amazing God love him He's still out there. He's kicking. I think he did the Mortal Engines score. So uh, uh, we have uh, – where are we here? They're hoofing it still. And eventually – the deserts, the piss conversation. They arrive mm-hmm. at the motel. Yeah. Oh, how about that guy, huh? The motel owner. Let's talk about this guy. Let's get into it here. Who who Who, who is this guy? Garth Brooks? <laughs> <laughs> he really let himself go. You and, talking about Garth Brooks? Yeah, Garth Brooks manages the motel. He wears these nerd glasses with the, like the tape, I think, like yep. super nerdy. And uh, no, I don't know who plays this guy. He reminds me a lot of John Carroll Lynch. Uh, <laughs> he reminds me of the guy who's on uh, What We Do in the Shadows as. Um, oh, uh, Colin Robinson. Yeah, oh, Colin yes. Robinson. Colin Robinson. Can't also, that a, a writer on Two and a Half Men for a long time, like eight years. Oh, Colin Robinson, or the the motel owner. Whatever oh, is that right? Yeah, oh, Mark awesome. Roberts. Yeah, interesting. Oh, what do you know? I wonder how much of uh, he he improvised here, like uh, this, like so, like he's he's behind the desk and Damon Wayans needs a room and uh, he's just he's very quirky. This this manager guy, um, he's, he, I like him in this mix here. Uh, Adam Sandler has a side conversation with him as as Damon Wayans is like signing the the registrar, like his his credit card information, whatever, and uh, he talks about like. He asks if there's porn in the rooms. He asks. Uh, He's like with a tone that's like, a, is it like really just messing with this guy? But that's like, what it seemed yeah. like, yeah. 
then he's just watching porn for the rest of the time that they're in the motel. So like he clearly likes it. Yeah, I couldn't tell if he was like trying to like befriend him just to like help him escape or if he just was really curious about like you want to have a sandwich like me, you and the missus or whatever he says. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he like he, he, he like jokingly offers to have a three way uh, some sandwich action with the guy. And there's a great callback a little bit later to that. So they end up getting their room. It's like and it is like a straight up like tacky ass honeymoon suite, like heart bed, I think, like red yeah. toilet bathroom, like you know motif thing and they really like they have it out for what seems like a really long time in this movie of them just like why did you do that like i trusted you you were like i told you personal things about me that be things i wouldn't tell other people and it's like i was just doing my job yada 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 a lot of that um Damon Wayans talks to Tracy on the phone. Adam Sandler is watching a porn where a chick's eating eating an apple while getting eaten out, and that's pretty. That is actually kind of funny. Like, yeah. why would you eat an apple during? I don't know. This uh, food during Costanza. Uh, speaking of busboy, yeah. so um, yeah. Uh, eventually things get contentious. Uh, Adam Sandler insists that it was an accident when he shot him, and Damon Wayans doesn't like that answer very much, so he straps him to the toilet with shit in it, uh, which sucks for Sandler, man. Uh, he has to sleep, basically, with his head on the seat. Like, that's real cold. Oh, we should probably mention the uh, Whitney Houston cover. Oh, the Opera Man cover there. He does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's, he, they, he, they let him do... Like half a verse and the chorus of uh, the bodyguard song, and you know we own the song. Use it. We paid seventy five thousand dollars for this because Elmer kept wanting to do this fucking riff, and we had to get a song. Guitar. (laughs) Old Elmer, give me a guitar, Bernstein over there. Oh, jeez. I'm starting to think maybe uh, I'm starting to think maybe we shouldn't have played God and raised him from the dead. (laughs) Just a thought. Maybe we should kill him again. Um, boy, crazy boy. Did he do West Side Story? Is that what you said? Uh, he did Kill Mockingbird, um, Ten Commandments. Who um, did uh, Who did uh, West Side Story? Uh, that was Leonard Bernstein. So, and we're talking about Elmer. Elmer. Maybe they're brothers. Maybe one has a guitar and one's the, the piano man or something. Give me that guitar. And the brother says, give me that Piano. Slide <laughs> that piano over here. <laughs> and they just jam out all day. Uh, same riffs. So <clears throat> they uh, them work well with the other <laughs> what the other <laughs> no. person is playing. They're just playing their own riffs. Doing their own thing separately every time. Um, so the anyway, the the callback, like I was mentioning, uh the the dorky motel manager's on the phone with his woman, his lady, and uh, that's when Jeeps Venson comes in with a with a gun. And he says, where are they staying? But before that, he's on the phone. He's like, well, how would you know you wouldn't like a little sandwich action? But the buildup to it, though, and the way it's shot, there's like a, it's a kind of like a slow kind of uh, uh, kind of movement towards him. It's just the pacing of it, I think, really works when he really finally inevitably says the sandwich action line. Uh, so Jeeves Benson like, gets it out of him. He knows where Sandler and uh, Wayans are, uh, where their room is. Oh, I need to rewind and talk about the gun in the ass. Uh, oh. Their gay 
thing that's happening in this movie. Uh, Sandler, he tries to escape through the window after while he's taking a shower. So he's all sudsed up and you see his bare ass just hanging out in the, the window. And then you see a close up of a gun barrel go straight into his anus and he just yells. And you see the motel manager like he's doing some groundskeeping work and he sees what appears to be them having gay sex. And he says, please take it out of my ass. So, you know, we've done a gag like that on our show, Three Guys, One Room. The 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 gay humor, I find pretty fun. Like this kind of misunderstanding. It's not so much the gay panic as it is just, it looks like they're, they're fucking. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Anyway, that's like another thing. Like, you don't really see in a lot of other movies that makes this movie gayer. I'm just going to say it. So, later that night... Okay, they're, they're they're outside the suite. These guys are about to converge and shoot the place up. And Sandler sees that out the window, and he's about to save Wayne's ass, who's sound asleep. He uh, left the remote on the ledge in the bathroom when he turned off the light, and uh, Sandler's able to get it. Turn on the TV, which has a porno on, and like the volume's on full blast, and it's like a Spanish porno. So the place gets shot out, and you just hear like. Burr! Like a woman like doing that while getting fucked, I guess. And then um, equally as funny as eating an apple while getting yes. eaten out. The kind of porn they're watching is like kind of it's funny. Like uh, that's the kind of stuff that Jack Horner's talking about in Boogie Nights where you stick around after you're done. <laughs> yeah, it's it's that kind. <laughs> it's the kind where they eat apples and make noise where you're just that's like, I have to see if you're going to finish the whole apple. Oh, that Chekhov's mon- apple. I'm going to be doing my monologue uh, as Burt Reynolds from Boogie Nights. Thank you. <clears throat> Once they spurt out that joy juice, I want them to sit in it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, end scene. Uh, or is it and scene? I never. Is it end scene or is it and scene? Hmm. I and I think and scene. Yeah, I've heard it both ways actually. Uh, I've seen both. I've heard both. Have you ever heard Ayn scene like Ayn Rand? No. Okay. That could be it could be a job winner right there. On though. the set of Atlas Shrugged. Yeah. Yeah, two parter. I bet that's what they did. Ed said of cut, they said Ayn scene. Do you think they did that? Yeah. Every and every scene Atlas had been that way. Yeah. Good. I'm glad we agree. So there's a big <laughs> there's a big action scene. And and they they the place gets shot up and and Damon Wayans sets free uh, Sandler, and they do this maneuver where they bust through like the window with a table turned on its side, and the two guys they just sit there and they take it. They just get hit by the the table, and thus allowing for Sandler and and Wayans to hoof it through like these these dark woods, and there's like swamps all around, and and guess what? The manager guy knows the area better than these 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 hoodlums that are shooting up the place so he ends up pulling up and saving these guys asses and there's a big truck chase and like he makes a left turn he's like these guys aren't from around here and like the one of the guys the bad guys drives off the edge into the water so they're toast and he does like that kind of evasive stuff and while he's while that's happening like he's talking about like the if you guys make your way back around here this is a good fishing spot and Damon Wayans is like, are you getting a Woody, like, doing this? And he says, no, I had one before I left. <laughs> so, like, I guess he jacked it. Um, so, anyway, for those of you who wanted to know what the meaning of that joke was, he uh, he probably jacked it, and now yeah. he doesn't have one anymore. He wanted sandwich action. 
Yeah, he was and, thinking and his, about it. His wife, who was also him in a wig, didn't want it. So he had to <laughs> Look, take care he's, of it. Look, he's not as meek as he seems. There's a reason that this hotel, this motel has all the porno channels. Like, yeah, hard he's porn. he's experienced. That's right. Anyway, you should mention he does have like a Buzz's girlfriend like photo at his desk. That's it is him right in drag. It looks, yeah, it looks like him in drag. Yeah. <laughs> so he's got a real like how cartoons like like the Van Houtens or like the the Jewish couple on Family Guy they look alike when they get married. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's got that going on. So uh, they end up escaping. Uh, Jeep Svensson tells James Con the bad news. He's like in a weight room and he's like, hold on a minute. And he goes, ah, fucking shit. And Jeep Svensson just has to listen. He's in a weight room with a weight belt on, sitting yeah. back, smoking a cigarette and yeah. reading a magazine or a newspaper. I feel like they could have, and if they wanted to lean into the humor a little more, they could have. Like he could have been doing something just a tad more funny, but it's not that kind of performance. And maybe they offered it to Con and he said, no, not going to do that. Not going to do that. Like, no, you know, <laughs> I don't sanction that performance. <laughs> That's what, yeah, Switch up mean, the prop. Switch up the prop. I'm not doing that. <laughs> so he's mad, and he's like, "Okay, well, find them still." <laughs> yeah. And, uh, Thanks for checking in. Still mad. Find them still. I think this is the scene where they're at a payphone, and this is when uh, Adam Sandler checks in on his mother, and he's like, "Ah, she's smoking too much of that weed again. I gotta check in on her." So he calls her up and he's yeah, like... Yeah, well, before that, we got to mention that he that that uh, Damon Wayans calls the FBI despite Adam mm-hmm. Sandler warning him, like, hey, Colton's oh, yeah. got FBI agents That's in right. his pocket and all that shit. That's right. But, you know, he's convinced that not Malcolm Jamal Warner is, is working for Colton and mm-hmm. uh, Finch or whatever. Yeah, we, we should address the rewind. Uh, before uh, Wayans went to go embark on this whole thing with Sandler, there's this new guy in the department who... Uh, who he works for the actor? DEA, apparently, or something like that. He's in a lot of things, this guy, so I want to call him out here. It's uh, Bill Nunn as Finch. Bill Nunn's in this, yeah. So, um, fucking, uh, yeah, he does turn over to the FBI, and you, but, you know, Col- Colton's got everybody in his back pocket, man, and Sandler knows this, so he's not to be trusted. Nobody is, and uh, but who are they to turn to? So... Anyway, he calls his mom and like this is kind of this is decent character work because Wayne's got to know you get a history that Wayne's got to know his mom pretty well. In fact, he's put on the phone with her and like they have a nice, pleasant conversation and it really uh, drives the point home that they had this whole relationship before he the truth came out and it just makes it hard. It is a lot of screen time spent hearing one half of a phone conversation, which I got (laughs) to say is probably – could have been a little shorter, but I suppose you're right. It's made entertaining, I guess. Yeah, and they. I, I want to rewind also because this is important. I like this is kind of a. What do you think of this touch where um, he's talking to Tracy on the phone? It's when Sandler's watching the Apple porno, and he asks if she's wearing the black lacy thing he got her, and she says, "As a matter of fact, I am," but she's not. Hmm. Why? That's another thing that I didn't think anything of it. I thought she was just like, oh, I'll just play along with this well, because now, I, I love my guy. 
in ret- yeah, and now in retrospect though, it's almost like she's she can't be. It's like she's duplicitous, man. She's she can't be trusted. She's lying so, about what she's wearing. I think some of these things are are overreading bulletproof a little too much. You know, the giving movie, the movie man. a little too much credit for the a subtitle. lot of things going on underneath the surface, guys. You just gotta you just gotta. And this is welcome <clears throat> welcome to our our side podcast. It's called welcome. Uh, we got a guest here. His name is Neil. We're on the new episode of Scratching, Scratching the Surf, Scratching Underneath the Surface. Uh, I'm Dan Eden, and we're gonna scratch the crust, the Earth's crust of the answers of the movies that we like. <laughs> You're talking about peel back the surface? <laughs> yeah. <that's, laughs> is that my? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna peel peel back the surface. Thank you. We changed for we changed the name. Yeah. Speaking of scratching on the surface, uh, the Bill Nunn, uh, not Bobby De Niro scene where Wayans calls in, they really made them both seem like they were evil. It seemed like the, yeah. the con was in there, like pointing a gun at him, but they never really paid that off. I, I guess they kind of did, but maybe they cut the scene short or they they're kind of going for like a scream thing where like no one in town can be trusted, man. Honestly, it's still very vague to me. Like are Finch or the captain, like are either of them working for Colton? Cause like, it seems like they weren't at the end, but we never see them after he, they bust out of the station. So like, yeah, they're off the hook. They, I think they flee and they go to, they go to Mexico also. That's maybe not to become bullfighters. Bulletproof two is entirely about. And it's actually it's good that it's called Bulletproof too because it's actually about bulls, which I was waiting for and waiting for and waiting for in this movie because it's in the fucking title. So uh, they lied. Yeah. Thanks, Dickerson. So, um, what ends up happening is um the two dudes are gonna they're gonna hook up with the uh, FBI because you know he made that call as Jer mentioned and uh so is this the part where they they end up like. In like a in car action scene with the yeah the they get brothers they, they get picked up and the the agents introduce themselves only by their last name but they're you know later on they're driving and then you know he uh, Moses mentions one of the agents first names as a way to clue Damon Wayans in like how do you how did I know that you, your first name like mm-hmm. obviously because I wrote it in the book just like I told Damon Wayans before but he's not listening right so then you get an action scene. With That's a right. Head, with a headbutt and like people getting thrown out of cars and uh, I, I want to see somebody get run over when they get thrown by out, out of a car. It's yeah. almost like if you're going to throw somebody out of a car and there's other cars on the road, you're wasting your time not showing that car, that yeah. person get run over. There's at least one driver who is not, uh, you know, uh, watching the road as, as good as they should be and they should run over someone. Or at the very least, he needs to roll up onto the hood and then smash the windshield of a car driving, you know, with the in the same would flow you, of traffic. How would you feel if an action movie that happened? A guy gets like an extra, like like one of these guys gets thrown out of a car and um, he almost gets hit by a, a, like an unsuspecting car. They hit their emergencies and the scene keeps going for two minutes. The guy comes out, he's like, "That was really close. What are you doing out here?" <laughs> they actually talk for two minutes. <laughs> I'll tell you, that's that's what my whole action movie is. (laughs) Thank God I took that evasive driving course. Otherwise, you'd be toast. Man, I am very good behind the wheel. You're not good in the streets. I was watching Lethal Weapon 4 one time, and they drive through an office building, and I thought, I just want them to hold on these people in the office building and just be like, what what happened? What do we do now? Do we have a job anymore? 
And I feel like that's kind of what Free Guy is sort of like based on like the first half of that trailer, at least. I think the first act will be that. And then he'll learn. He'll become more aware. Uh, how interested on a scale of one to ten are you a Free Guy? Well, I'm excited to, to meet the hitman's bodyguard's wife. Yes, me too. I mean, Selma, she's lovely. Here she's, she's very nice. Yeah. And will be for all of uh, eternity. And you got Korg and you got Deadpool also. So you, and, and the free guy. And that's really peeling back the surface if you yeah. really want to get into it. So after this whole chase in the road and not people not getting run over by cars or smashing windshields. They both kiss. Yeah, they they kiss right there. They're they like, go. I, I love you. Um, he like, calls. He I like calls. Thinking about you. Colton's got Tracy, and we're like think like oh she's in trouble and and so now you know he needs to go get Tracy. That's right, and also um, he ends up turning in Archie personally at the police station. He's like, "Don't worry, I've got you. Like, I'm gonna make sure you're taken care of." Some of these guys are on Colton's like payroll, but I'll make sure that they they don't fuck with you while you're here or something. And uh, he ends up in a, like a cell, and that's when like like two minutes later he gets a call from James Con. Mm-hmm. Stakes are high again, and he's like, "Well, that's not good. You better get Archie back to me, and we gotta make an exchange here, Tracy for Archie." It's like I just turned him in. It's not as easy as just well. I don't know. And he hangs up. <laughs> Figure it out. Figure yeah. it out. Pre-cell phone, he is just so connected, like, on the on the dot. He's like, oh, I know where he is. I'm going to call the station right now. Yeah, yeah. That's that's another thing that's, like, very convenient. So now we're building up to the, the final act of the movie. Damon Wayans has to get Sandler out of his cell, which he does. And while they're making their way out, Bobby De Niro and some other guys are like, what are you doing? You know, uh, Bill Nunn. Like, what are you doing, man? And Archie recognizes Bobby, not De Niro. And he says, that guy is also working for Colton. Obviously he sees enough. his name tag. Yeah. He sees Jensen, and it says, oh, it's it's this guy. He's working for Colton, too. Why wouldn't he use it? Well, I guess he doesn't need to use an alias if it's all, uh, if Sandler was in the business. But it's very like, hi, my name is Jensen. I work for the police, but I also work for this guy who deals heroin. <laughs> like, it's very <laughs> obvious to me. But... Um, so he's, he fucking, uh, he does recognize him. So now like he, he can't be trusted. They end up having to flee the station and, uh, make their way to, uh, to a strip club where you naturally go when, when you're on the run. So stupid. They waste so much time, like not so much, but like an extra scene here where they have to go to a strip club and talk about more betrayal. Like, how could you do this? But also, I know things about Colton's uh, empire. No shit. That's why you're turning him in and that's why they're allowing you to. But we uh, he has I got to get that like a book of names. Right. Is that like their big object he has to get? So they have to go back to his mansion for this big third act. Does anything else happen here besides titties and talking? No, we do get the entrance, though. That is the house from Last Action Hero. Oh. That Charles Dance lived in that Arnold rolls up to to check his eye if he had a glass eye. Nice. Uh, I've only seen that a couple times, but I, I had a good time watching Last Action Hero. Um, so, yeah, they, they finally make their way to Colton's place, and it's uh, it's kind of it's video gamey. Uh, they're outside. There's a couple guards. He, uh, Sandler shoots one in the eyeball. He falls yeah. in the pool, uh, and he comments on it. And uh, they make their way inside, and 
in the kitchen. Like they open the door and like there's a bunch of guards eating, like setting up a salad bar. <laughs> yeah, they go in through the one door that he says the, this is the only door that doesn't have an alarm in there. It's to the guest kitchen. No one's ever in there, and yeah. everybody is in there. <laughs> and then they just immediately start shooting people. Yeah. And I'm like, well, what if those people were like a catering crew that were there for something else? Like he just starts shooting before you can really tell who any of them are. You know, and all the catering crew members have concealed carries, so they happen to have guns. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. An unsuspecting catering crew with guns. That's what Party Down Season 3. Bring it back, and then the first episode, they all bust out Glocks and just start shooting people at the party. As long as you bring back Jane Lynch. All right. Or yeah. Megan Mullally. Or Jennifer yeah. Coolidge. They were actually all three great in that same role basically <laughs> in the exact was the same role i just have to comment it's pretty amazing how like oh man jane lynch is gonna now who are they gonna fuck it? oh i actually like oh and i like her, like well done party down well you know done. you know how to fill a supporting yeah. role. honestly i missed that show i recently rewatched it um are we talking about goots yeah the goots yeah um so the big action scene here is happening in this house they have a big shootout in the kitchen Damon Wayans uh, says, no, this, no one's ever in this room, huh, Archie? And Archie's already gone. So he ends up making his way upstairs, and uh, he's trying to find Tracy. And uh, I think he comes across maybe Jeeps Venson here, and uh, they have a fisticuffs. And, like, you know, that classic, he punches him, and he just takes it, uh, like, a few times. Is that all you got? And he, like, gives him, like, a little weak punch, but, it like, it hits him hard. And... Uh, what ends up saving him is that plate in his head, man. Mm-hmm. That that bullet, he whacks him because he has him like up and he's hoisted and he's no escape except just to headbutt Jeep Svensson several times in the head, and uh, he's he's down for the count. Then we get to Tracy, who really puts her cards on the table here. Uh, they have like a little brief exchange, and then like she takes a gun out and says, "Oh, by the way, I'm working for Colton." Bang, bam, bam, bam bulletproof and i think isn't it sandler who like fills in the exposition kind of in the background he's like she was in his pocket the whole time we're watching over you just waiting until you were better or something to find me <laughs> like colton waiting for me to suck his dick <laughs> and then tracy tries to gaslight damon wayne's a little bit like while there's like a break in the action she's all like baby don't listen to him and he's all like yeah 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 bitch and then they fucking <laughs> Eventually, um, the great Sandler. You bitch. Let's have a Sandler off. <clears throat> no, <laughs> not after that. I would lose. Here we go. He goes, um, what is it? He goes, um, I want to hang out in Girls Without Wienersville in, in anger management, which is a classic line. All right, all right, all right I'll do, uh, um, uh, uh, you show back with nothing but your ding-dong in your hands. <laughs> I got one. All right, here we go. I'm cut gems. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, um, Neil, Neil, feel free to insert any time at this Sandman off. Um, quotes that would never be recognized as Adam Sandler quotes. Go. All Get right, the fuck right. up. No, that would totally be an Adam Sandler quote. This Never is history mind. right here. You understand? This is history. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uncut gems. 
he just screams uncut gems at people. <laughs> uncut my, gem. my favorite part of that movie is where he's at his his kids play and he gets in the crowd and he just goes uncut gems and then the play stops. <laughs> and the two guys who inevitably spoilers, no, I'm not going to spoil it. But the two guys who are after him hear him and they go, what's this about uncut gems? What the fuck? And then they lock him in a trunk. Uh, oh, that's and then right. That's right. Adele shows up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. The wickedly talented. Oh, Adele my beautiful Latina. Um, where are we? Oh, okay. So Colton, like he, uh, you know, it's the like Tracy gets thwarted somehow. How does Tracy get thwarted? Uh, Sandler takes her gun away. Yeah. yeah. And then I believe James Kahn appears upstairs with his gun coming yeah. down. He was in the. How many days of and shooting do you think is he had on this? <laughs> dick dangling, just swinging around, just, ha- half just hanging wrecked. brain. <laughs> he fluffed it a little, you know, like many actors who have to do full frontal scenes. They he cheated a little. He except for Harvey Keitel, infamously for not fluffing in Bad Lieutenant. They had um, to make the room colder. Yeah, <laughs> this this room isn't cold enough. I need this to be smaller. <laughs> same thing. Same thing with uh, with Liam Neeson too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I need to erect my penis just a little bit. For down at least ten degrees. I'm thinking about your mother. He says to the director <laughs> while he's getting it hard. Um, I'm staring at him. Good stuff. Uh, walk among the tombstones. Haven't seen it. So, uh, uh, the end? So, yeah, I, I don't know. Somehow Moses gets shot mm-hmm. by Takes a bullet Colton, for Wayans. I think. Yeah, oh, that's like, right. Yeah, he's about to shoot uh, Damon Wayans. Adam Sandler jumps out. Damon Wayans gets up there and, like, is able to fight Colton, who takes off his hairpiece before he fights him. <laughs> See, like, funny stuff like that, yeah. And then eventually, he like, he looks like he's going to get killed, Damon Wayans, but then Sandler comes in and shoots him in the head and says, uh, I can't believe he tried to get me to suck your dick. Uncut gems. I speaking can't believe of, that Dickerson, gems. I was going to say, I can't believe Dickerson let him do uh, a fellatio scene on a corpse in a 1996 movie. Yeah, it was, Brown Bunny you know, style, too. Yeah. Like full, all of it. That really put Sandman on the map. Uh, but you know he, what? Yeah. It was necessary for the movie, too. Yeah, I it, would it, argue. Yeah, it closed his whole arc. I mean, he needed it needed to get sucked at some point. But what better way to get sucked after a headshot? And than... then, yeah, and then Bernstein comes in. He says, hand me that guitar. <laughs> <laughs> and he starts playing with his dick. It's just a lot of dick playing in this. Yeah, so. Uh, the movie wraps up with, uh, uh, many weeks later and now we're in Mexico, which seems like, like reshoots or something like that. Cause Adam Sandler's hair is very airheads. much like, yeah, like, <laughs> which was two years before oh. this, but it's like they shot reshoots that on airheads. That was it. They, that was the only thing that existed from the first cut of bulletproof before they went back and reshot it like anchorman style airheads. Airheads. That's it. That's it. Airheads. How come we didn't do Airheads for this podcast? Probably over 90. Otherwise, I would have put it on there. What's Johnny doing out on a Tuesday night? Johnny can't read. Johnny can't write. You That's better suck my dick. One hour, 32 minutes. So just past the 90-minute mark. Motherfucker. I guess <sighs> we'll have to do it on 90 over 90. 
because it's that important to both of us. It really is. It's a seminal, seminal movie. But yeah, uh, speaking of seminal, uh, he uh, yeah, he's in Cabo. It's he, he's dressed in a full on bullfighter outfit with the hat and everything. Shaved ish head. Macking on some women who all speak English. They don't and, like bullfighter, though. No, no they don't like bullfighters. <laughs> they killed they've the bull. Got, they've got that Sofia Vergara thing going where it's just like, get, do you have something Sexy? in your mouth? Like, what's in your mouth? Like, spit it out. Do you have a cough drop in your throat? Like, what? They're, they're from like the this? valley, but the, the side said, just sound like you're from Mexico. Yeah. And they did their best. Christ. <laughs> and then it's, you know, it's the Jack and Archie show in, in Cabo. That is, is what it is. That's what happens. And that's the sequel we want to see bull it proof 24 years later i want to see oh right this we're not celebrating the 25 the big 25 with this well uh yeah actually i mean no tw- technically this 96? movie yeah this came out in september of 96 so we are this is the 25th year big 25 I'm about the, the sequel last year that was released oh shit with the uh, sewer guy the sewer guy Face on love. <laughs> That's a really good impression. Very good. very niche for people who do know it, but it's it's really good. Yeah, honestly. Like you know, and you know, a good impression, like good impressions are the ones like that aren't obvious. Right? Yeah. yeah who who has who has sewage or sewage Joe in their Rolodex? But like, I mean, right? here's my impression of my aunt. Dan, what are you gonna come to Easter? <laughs> that's so oh, good. one that's so accurate it sounds exactly like her yeah thank you <clears throat> so that's bulletproof oh, oh it ends up oh um jack's like oh you got a problem with him you got a problem with me and him and like the we cut to jack uh keats the dog is there and he's wasted again and he the dog passes out and then as adam sandler's being taken away by these three giant lumbering muchachos he passes by his mother who is smoking a J next to the jukebox? She like she's in this, mm-hmm. um, and then she Which, all like kind of waves because she's too stoned. You can do in Mexican bars mm-hmm. is just light up, smoke and, a J, and just offer it to people who are getting carried away by large Mexican men. Here you go, man. And we That's, know they're large because of the angle they shot them with. Right, right. Yeah. If they were small, they would do what? What? Well. We got to talk about Citizen Kane, and we got to talk about Orson Welles, one of the greatest films filmmakers of all time. You have to dig a hole in the ground to get the camera there. I mean, that's the only way to shoot it. Do you guys do you know about that? Okay, so this is a good story. One time, Orson Welles he wanted to get <laughs> he, he wanted to get the camera lower than usual on the set of his masterpiece, Citizen Kane, CK. So he decides, and he's acting in this movie, by the way. He's doing double duty, and he says, "I need to get it lower." So he starts literally digging a hole in the set, and they end up finding a Bernstein in the process, in the buried in the ground. Yeah. And they dug him up, and he said, "Give me a guitar." <laughs> all right well that's gonna be it for us this week don't forget to follow us on the usual social media channels and as i mentioned before we are on patreon patreon.com slash 90 under 90 we are uh you know happy 25 to bulletproof we're going to be in the middle of request timber when uh this movie actually celebrates its 25th so we couldn't do it the week of Got some interesting requests in the uh, the old the old pipeline. We do. This is a very uh, uh, a, a full list of movies I don't think I ever would have watched if it weren't for them being requested. So, 
Um, but that is going to be it for us for this show. Wait a second. This, Listen oh, to oh, Neil's yes. podcast. That's right. I'm oh, so thank sorry. You. I almost glossed yeah. over that. Oh, no, it's good. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, uh, Triviality Podcast. Just follow us at Triviality Pod on social media or just check your podcast app and uh, listen to Dan and Jer's episode, which was a blast. We'll have you guys on again. And uh, yeah, come join us. Uh, and, and the Swayze book, Neil, what's the status? Uh, it's it's done technically uh, and um, should be coming out March 2022. But I will um, I'll Excellent. let you guys know right away when uh if there's a release date and then maybe there's uh i know there's a few swayze movies that i believe are under 90 so maybe we can do that oh, to celebrate tie of it i'm looking forward to it it's gonna be all good. right well all that right. is it for us this week i'm jeremy eden i'm dan eden i'm elmer bernstein <laughs> give me that guitar <laughs> that's a wrap <laughs> I'm coming day and night. I mean, it's terrific, right? <laughs> <laughs>